Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Sam, back in the podcast studio. G'day, Dom. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you back. Hey, this week, I wanted to talk to you. There's a, there's a famous saying out there that we've all heard, which is, culture eats strategy for breakfast which I think was a Drucker quote. Does it? What do you think? Yeah, it's a great quote. I hear it a lot from leaders, particularly leaders that have identified culture as an enabler of strategy. Uh-huh. I think let's break it down because strategy is a word that people, you know, it's a word that can take many different versions. And for me, strategy is simply the choices we are making as a team to achieve our our vision, our plan. And uh-huh. we've all been put in front of those 45 slide strategy decks with reams of, of content around initiatives and action plans and measures and dashboards. And that is a plan. That is a set of choices that a business is making toward its vision. You know, culture, I believe, is is the deliverer of that, the enabler of that strategy. And so they need to work together. I don't think one necessarily leads the other, but I think mm. they need to work together and your culture needs to match your strategy and your strategy needs to match your culture because that's what's going to deliver the outcome. Uh-huh. And we've all seen a strategy deck, as I said, and often it happens, it goes in the top drawer and, and you then might pull it out at six months or at 12 months, see how do we go? But culture <laughs> yeah. is you know, the way things are done when no one's watching, really. Uh-huh. And so your strategy's got to understand your culture for it to be any chance of success. Uh-huh. I think that's a great point because people take that quote as meaning they're kind of in competition with each mm. other, which is better, strategy or culture. Yeah. And I don't think that's really what was intended, right? Mm. It's saying you need both. We need a good strategy, right? We need to know how to position in the market and, and which initiatives to follow and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, right? Every business needs that. But it relies on, the execution of it relies on the culture you have. Mm. So if, if you have a culture that you know, is on the passive side, for instance, maybe we're not going to, you know, actually follow through on the things we've decided. Yeah, it's a great execution of strategy. Everyone's got a great strategy. It's uh, without a doubt that most businesses have a really clear strategy around what they want to achieve. But there's an old, an old boss said to me once, you know, strategy only survives first contact. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying is execution. If we don't have an alignment on how we're going to bring that plan to life, then gaps will start to appear. And if you're not feeling comfortable to speak up, more in the passive defensive, or you feel like you know it better than everyone else and it's more of the aggressive defensive, if there's not an approach to how you are going to execute, how how you are going to bring that to life, then I don't think you're any chance of delivering the the plan. Do you think, Sam, because I I see sometimes in these strategy decks, it's like, oh, we're going to work as one team. Yeah, that's culture. We're going to work as one team, which is kind of a... um, I guess what we're saying we want, right? Yeah. It's it's the ambition, I suppose. Yeah. Kind of like the values on the wall sometime. Hey, it's valuable. That's what we want are these values. But I guess there's it doesn't necessarily mean that's what we're doing. It's not the actual culture. Yeah, that's right. And it's one thing to put the words on the pack mm. and to say, you know, whether it be values or the ways of working, but how are you investing behind it? How are you measuring that? How do you know if you're living it? Yeah. How are you paying attention to that? And, you know, performance dashboards that incorporate all the metrics, but often I ask businesses, well, how are you measuring your cultural performance? How are you measuring your ways you work with each other? How is your 
understanding of your culture impacting your strategy. And they, as much as they invest behind strategy decks and dashboards, they don't often have a measure or a way of understanding how their culture is, is living up to that expectation. Mm. And ultimately, if we're saying that culture is what either enables yeah. or, or hinders you from achieving that strategy, it's a pretty big blind spot that a lot of companies have. Yeah, I think a lot of companies just assume that when the words go on the page, we will work <laughs> together done. as a team, it's done or it will happen. Yeah, Like yeah. when people say we're going to hit this number, then it'll happen. I, I think businesses often underestimate the value of what culture can provide a strategy. Mm. And we businesses, I believe, are biased toward the strategy in terms of the task, what needs to get done. Mm. And the business that I believe is successful are the ones that measure and balance culture and strategy in a, in a way that they both contribute to each other's success. Because mm. a strategy that is set with a culture that's either passive defensive or aggressive defensive is unrealistic. So how do you understand what your team are currently thinking and feeling and, and how they're behaving? Mm. Using that as a guide to identify what we need to set ourselves as a, as a plan, the choices we will make as a business for the year ahead. How do they complement each other versus, to your point, that they're not in competition, they they should work in synergy. Mm. And so have you seen examples where companies have come out with this you know, strategy that oh, it's amazing on paper and so on, but then it's really fallen down when it's hit first contact, when it's hit mm. the culture? Have you seen any kind of examples of those? Though? Yeah, I have. I've, uh, where I worked with a business that, brilliant strategy, based on customer and consumer insight, it detailed in in many, many pages how the initiatives would come to life and what it would look like. And then it would be summed up in a strategic plan on a page. And it would be represented in in a really clear diagram that anyone could pick up and see how that business was going to perform. But when you look through those number of slides, there was nothing there about the cultural enablers. And there was nothing that was called out in terms of the the initiatives or the ways that the business would track and invest and measure their their cultural evolution. Uh. And so as much as that was a great plan, when it came to execution, there wasn't necessarily the clarity on the behaviors or the expectations of how we would work together uh. to enable the delivery of this strategy. Because this particular strategy required multiple businesses to work together in a way that never worked before. Uh. And that would require a step change in how we work together. But nowhere in that strategy deck had it identified the expectations or the drivers of what better together working would look like. Mm. So when no one changed how they worked together, then none of the initiatives would start to align together. Right. Then the strategy wasn't achieved and it sort of sat dead in the water. Mm. So it's, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. You know, if we're going to say, yeah, we need to work better together, but our culture does not allow us to do that, then it's not going to happen. With the best strategy in the world and the best intentions in the world, it's not going to happen. So when you're seeing that strategy, Sam, you might know that, right? So we, we want to you know, integrate these businesses or whatever it was, make them work together, get them to work together. But we know that we've got a cultural issue there at the moment. So do we change the strategy or do we, what do we do? I see culture as a, an, you know, the enabler of the strategy or the disabler of the strategy. Therefore, your culture needs to be a part of your strategy. Mm. What is the initiatives that we collectively will will focus on for us to move our culture toward what we've identified as the culture we need to deliver the strategy? Mm. So in my view, I think you need to have initiatives and plans and investment behind 
behind your culture, behind your team, whether it be at a leadership level, at a team level or an organizational level, you need to really have a focus and it needs to be aligning on your strategy and how you'll bring it to life. And we believe that leadership and culture drives performance. And that's Mm -hmm. a really simple model, but it's really, I believe it, it true. If you get your leadership right and your culture right and they work together, the output will be the performance. The output will be the delivery of the strategy. Focusing on the strategy in isolation, you're missing those two key elements of what I believe the ingredients to success. Yeah, so strategy doesn't drive performance. It's it's the implementation of the strategy through culture and leadership. Yeah, I yeah, love it. I like your point as well as identifying um, what's the culture we need to be successful in the strategy. And I know when we're working with a lot of executive teams and stuff, that's often where we'll start in, in a culture assignment is to say, you know, what's the strategy? Boom, boom, boom. Okay, what are the behaviors and so on that, are, that you need in order to be successful? And actually get them to fill out, you can do a paper version mm. of the culture measure, the OCI, and get them to uh, do it themselves. And invariably, it's going to come up highly constructive. But there's something powerful about that for leaders, especially ones who don't quite believe in the whole culture thing, don't get it. There's something powerful about getting them to identify it for themselves. So if we're going to be successful, what does it look like? Or flip side, if, if this is going to go to hell in a handbasket, what behaviors mm. would be present? In that case, get them to fill it out for themselves. And then and then often we've already measured the actual culture and then we'll show it and kind of show the gap and say, okay, so if we're saying we want to nail the strategy and this is our current culture and this is what we need, how are we going to close those gaps? And it's a good way of getting people, you know, it's setting up that gap, mm. right? And so it gets people going and identifying, okay, what things do we actually need to do? And do you see the leaders have those aha moments when they do that? Do you see the penny drop? I think. Yeah, I think you do. And the secret to all this stuff, in my opinion, everything we do really is getting people to trip over the truth for themselves. Mm. That's good. I got that from, uh, I think it was The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. People tripping over the truth for themselves because you can tell people, you can tell people to your blue in the face, Mm. no no pun intended, that, you know, you should have this constructive culture because, you know, our research says this and, you know, the experience says says so Mm. and so on. But everyone kind of says, well, yeah, but in this company or in this organization or whatever it is, and there's something about people defining it for themselves. Yeah, I love that. I think it's it's so true. And that's because change is hard. Mm. Implementing culture change, particularly if you're looking to implement a strategy that requires that, it's hard work. It's far easier for us to nod and smile and you know get on with it mm. from a passive, defensive, you know, more in the green style of sort of conventional and approval and and avoidant in in many ways, just getting on with it, not addressing what's really holding us back. And it's hard to to implement the stuff that's been happening for years and years. These are habits Uh, at an organizational level that have been, that have happened for a long, long time. So to understand them and unpack them in a way that can, we can move forward as a business toward what we're trying to achieve, that requires a lot of work. And it Sometimes it's easier just to to get on with what's easy in front of me in terms of a strategy uh, because let's not poke the bear necessarily and, and get into some tough, more honest conversations. And I think it, it raises an interesting point for me, which is culture goes across the organization, mm-hmm. right? Like HR are the custodians of, of culture, but they're not responsible for it on their own, right? Everyone, all the leaders 
and everyone really plays a part in the culture and they need to all own it. And, you know, strategy is a great way of getting to that because, well, this is the business strategy, right? It's for everyone. Mm. <laughs> and connecting it to those business outcomes, I think, is powerful for getting that message across, right? That, yes, HR are here to, you know, be experts in things like culture, to assist and, and provide that expertise to the business. But it's not, it's not a project that sits over an HR and they're going to run it. And while they're doing that, we're all going to be over here doing the strategy stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think HR as a function has a real opportunity to play a, a leadership role at, the, at that executive table mm. as a performance partner, mm. as a performance partner that helps their fellow executive team identify how that culture is performing mm. alongside the strategy. Mm. If you know that's at its best in my view, where it doesn't necessarily land is when, when as you said, HR is in charge of culture. I think that's just not realistic. It's mm. just not, as you said, everyone owns culture. Every single person in, in that business is responsible for the culture that that business has. Mm. So a leader and leaders need to lead the culture and they mm. need to lead the strategy and they need to hold the accountability and motivate and inspire for the ownership for people to want to live up to the expectations of the culture and the strategy. Mm. And that does require, that requires honest conversations. We we often think that the constructive styles are soft and fluffy, but you know, accountability, honest feedback, clear ownership of the plan. Are you on the bus? Are you off the bus? These are the conversations that need to be had in a constructive, in our constructive cluster to help people really one, understand the strategy and two, want to get on board and deliver it. Yeah, absolutely. And actually expanding on the earlier point when I was talking about the workshops and so on for seeing up the ideal and mm. or, or non-ideal. The other thing to do, the step after that is when you get the actual culture results is, okay, this is that the actual culture we have. How is this impacting right now our implementation of that strategy or how will it impact us? And it's amazing insights that sits in that data, oh. um, really simple things that people brush over. But when I work with businesses, one of the things that often comes up is role clarity. Oh. What are you paid to do? Oh, don't and, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you ask people that and they'll talk about how they spend their time. Uh -huh. And you go, hang on, but what are you actually you paid by this business to do? And they often stumble over that, that answer because they've either moved to something they want to do uh -huh. or they're doing something they've been asked to do, uh -huh. but they're not often clear on what it is they're focused and they're, what they're paid to do. So, you know, one of the things we identify through the inventory is to identify what job design looks like and what role clarity looks like. And if you in within your team don't have clarity on on the role, not just the functional day-to-day, -day, this is what I do, but how I do it and the expectations that and me as a team member uh. I, will be held to account for. Uh. Without that, I think that's a real fundamental keystone, you know, part of any evolution of a business. If you don't know what you're here to do, how yeah. are you going to deliver the strategy? Right? And then that plays out with teams because then you get teams that operate within silos. That's another big macro theme that we see with our clients all, all the time. time. Yep. Across industry, across all levels, you know, particularly as we move into a world of matrix uh, lines of reporting, mm. project-based teams, you get these, these silos that just don't, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And if I don't know what I'm doing in my role, and then I rock up to a team environment and I don't have that clarity, then 
you start to get these clashes and that's mm. where the culture quickly unravels the strategy before we've even started. Yeah, right. So, you know, we have the strategy to these business units or whatever it is to work together, the different businesses. But when they start meeting together, the you know, there's a, a fire is kind of set yeah. off or whatever. Well, we're never going to get there. That's right. And that's what inhibits progress. And that's what inhibits execution of the strategy. As you said, when, when people don't evolve how they do things to deliver what is a new strategy without capturing what are the behaviors, the mindset that we want to dial up and the behaviors and mindset we're dialing back, if that's not a part of your strategy, then I go as far to say that your strategy is limited to a set of numbers and a set of words and initiatives that will be on the wall. Looks and, awesome. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Looks good. Pretty deck. Everyone has got a copy of it, but no one's doing anything about it because they've not been inspired or or understood at a level what it means to me as an individual, me within the team and, and us as a business. What's the difference then, Sam, between like change management kind of thing? Because people could say, well, we can inspire and, and do lots of like wise maybe mm. change management or communication around the strategy. What's the difference between that and baking it into your culture? Yeah, I think there's change management, there's change leadership. And I think management is Gantt charts and lots of different initiatives and timings and who, what, when, where. I think change leadership is, as you, as you touched on, is the why. Why do we as a business need to move forward? Why is it important for us to better understand our customers? Why is it the need for us to align to this strategy? So from a change point of view, I think importantly, you've got to let people feel like they've contributed. Oh. Everyone has a chance to contribute to the strategy. We have feel like we've got buy-in. We identify together because often the best answers are within the team. So oh. creating the environment for people to share oh. their ideas and their thoughts and their and what's what's holding them back, what what's they want to see more of. You take that on board, and then by then you've helped people have their view, and you've then allowed them a chance to to speak their mind, and then you collate the best ideas and, and insights and actions, and then you build that into your plan, and then change. I believe becomes easier and it becomes a part of your modus operandi because it's you've taken them on the journey. It's not oh. just like slam down, here's the plan, here's where we're going. Oh. You've created an environment where we can all identify what we need to do more of. So then you can align people as you're going along the journey. So, I mean, what you described sounds like quite a constructive approach to change management. I guess slamming it down, you know, you must do could mm. be an aggressive approach. But I guess as an organization, we could do the change management piece right? Because we've got smart people sitting in the project management office or whatever it is in the strategy team who are you know, great at doing comms and blah, blah, blah. But what if we still have a defensive culture? We can do all that stuff, but we still have a defensive culture. And that's where change management, change leadership can fall down. It's when you don't take into account the culture. Mm. And it's again, it's really, there's a lot of great work to identify the initiatives and the from to and the, the key contributing factors to this change. But if you don't give people the opportunity to understand, get on board or not, and really align within their hearts and minds toward mm. the change required, then mm. what you'll find is that people will resist change. Mm. Quite naturally, people see changes as, as a threat. Mm -hmm. So they'll, they'll either, you know, fight or flight. You know, mm. they'll fight, they'll resist it. You'll see them being oppositional. You'll see people... Finding reasons why not, they'll use their authority in the power extension to to block people in terms of uh -huh. aiming to initiate change. 
you'll see business units fighting turf protection mm. uh, or land grab in terms of competitive. So change can evoke different responses in people because naturally it puts us, we don't like change as human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, alternatively, on the more of the uh, passive side of the circumplex, you'll see people really, you know, hide. You'll see them hide away and think this will pass me over if I just sit here and say nothing. Mm. This change will, you know, it, it'll fail, and then we can go back to how we used to do it. <laughs> exactly. No, that's and that really is a great. That's a great one-liner in terms of why why change initiatives often fail. Mm. It's that first contact with culture, and everyone hopes it will go away. Yeah, and and that's why majority of of change projects do fail mm. because it's not given the culture is not fertile soil for it or something. <laughs> yeah, well, culture's not factored into the thinking uh-huh. on how we're going to bring this to life. Yeah, right. And that's a real opportunity for businesses because change is constant. And as we move into a world where change is happening at a pace faster than ever before in terms of in the corporate world and technology and competitive landscape and uh-huh. the ability to enter a market quite quickly and make an impact, we're seeing that in all industries. If you're not willing or able to change at a pace that you can keep up with your customers' expectations, Mm. then you won't be in business for very long. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And that's actually an outcome we measure, right, is external adaptability is around can we react to changes in the market? Mm. A lot of people don't score particularly well on that. It's because it's easy to, like we're very, a lot of businesses are very focused on what's happening in their business, in their world, and that's, Mm. that's the culture. We see that and therefore it's how do you help businesses that can have an external view uh. and put their customer or their consumer or whoever's, can, whoever's enjoying the service and product they provide, how do you better understand what's happening for them? And one of the big trends now that we're seeing is this on-demand services. You know, five years ago, things like Uber Eats and there was always delivery, but now you see what's tapped into around a consumer demand for I want it now or I mm. want it as soon as I can. Mm. I'm willing to pay a premium price for it, whether it be products, food, drinks. You're seeing this, this emergence of this, of this on-demand service that's driving a, a change and businesses will benefit or, or not on how they respond to that emerging trend. Love it. So if we go back to the original question, which was, does culture eat strategy for breakfast? Sounds like what we're saying is you need both of them. They go hand in hand. You need a good strategy and you need the culture that's going to help you deliver it. And I think, you know, that gets lost sometimes is that you need you need both. It's not one or the other. It's not one's better than the other. But if you don't have both, then as a business, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. I mean, well, you will have a culture. It's whether that culture, as you said, it works together with the strategy. Mm. So it's really, do they complement each other or do they contradict each other? Love it. That's a great note to end on. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Dom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.